they were saying, you know, you don't have to have a confirmed laboratory test for COVID-19 in order to make the death certificate be COVID-19. So wait, 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 wait. Uh, sir, 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 I don't mean to interrupt you, but that and what you just said, I think is critically important. Can you repeat what you just said, please? America is lying about its coronavirus death numbers. Mr. Reagan. So one week ago, I posted a video called Italy is lying about its coronavirus death numbers. I got quite a bit of pushback on that video. Trolls were commenting on my Twitter post that I'd been reported and whatnot. A lot of coronavirus alarmist types commented that my lies were going to cost lives. And my previous video on coronavirus, where I made the case that coronavirus was not as horrifying as the media was making it out to be, and that the media was stoking hysteria so that they could turn the country against Donald Trump and hopefully sabotage his chances to win the presidential election in November. That video was taken down by YouTube. But here's the thing. Both of those videos were 100% accurate. I have plenty of evidence to support my claims in both videos. But people often want to hear only what they already believe and sometimes just what they want to believe. With regard to the Italy video, since reporting that story, I've discovered new reporting coming out of Italy. And you won't see this on American news. This is only in Italian. Apparently, a blood donation was held in Lodi, which is the Lombardy area in Italy that had the most severe number of cases. Most of Italy hasn't seen that much coronavirus, but Lombardy was really hit hard. Anyway, the point is that this blood donation thing had 60 people come in, none of which thought they'd ever had coronavirus. Turns out that 70% of them tested positive for coronavirus antibodies or antigens or something like this. Basically, they had had coronavirus and they never knew it. So this means that if these tests are at all representative of the broader population of the region, that means that 70% of the population had coronavirus. That is a crazy high number. So the fatality numbers that we're seeing coming out of Lombardy, if 70% of the population has caught the virus, despite the, the numbers being significant, the fatality rate is much lower than they thought. And since recording this video, news has come out from Denmark that says almost exactly the same thing. This was also from blood donation. There were a thousand samples of blood donated in Denmark. Doctors tested the blood and 3.5% had been infected. If this is drawn out to the broader population, that means that something like 400,000 people in Denmark could be infected. So because of these new infection numbers, it looks like the fatality rate in Denmark is something like 0.07%, and it could be even less than that. And this is a problem that we've seen throughout the pandemic. We just haven't had good data on the total number of cases. So the fatality rate could be something like 2%, or it could be less than 1%. Personally, I've suspected that it's far less than 1%, but you know, no doctor wants to go public with a really low estimate and then be proven wrong later and called a murderer or whatever. So everybody's only giving the fatality rate for the recorded cases. Nobody's giving an accurate estimate of the true fatality rate. Now, there were some people who criticized me not for downplaying the severity of the virus in Italy, but rather for criticizing Italy alone. They claimed that the United States Two were inflating the numbers in the same way Italy was. And yes, that is true. But what these critics didn't realize is that they were a little bit late to the comment section of my video. I posted that video on March 29th. And at that time, there was no indication that this sort of thing was happening in the US, at least nothing that I saw anywhere online. A few days later, we started seeing reports that, yeah, the US was doing something similar. Now, I don't know if this started happening here later or if it just had been happening all along and it was just reported later, but it looks like it is indeed happening here now and I have the evidence to prove it. I'll show you that evidence in one minute. First, I 
have to sell you something. So the preppers are all out there saying, we told you so, and the financial advisors are all scrambling to justify their advice on your retirement funds. But it all means diddly squat, really, doesn't it? Because this is not time for the blame game. This is time to help each other out. Before the crisis happened, Noble Gold had been helping investors to educate themselves and discover new ways of avoiding financial disaster. That's still the case, and they're still offering right now to talk to you for free about what choices might still be on the table to rescue your retirement plans. They've helped hundreds of people secure their stock-backed IRAs with gold and silver to stop them falling so hard. It's time you get into the world of physical precious metals before it's too late. Have a chat with the team at Noble Gold. Call 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347, or you can hit the link below in the description and get the free investor's guide. As a physician, I received an email last week from the Department of Health coaching me on how to fill out death certificates. And I've never really received coaching from the Vital Statistics Agency in terms of how to do a death certificate. But they were saying, you know, you don't have to have a confirmed laboratory test for COVID-19 in order to make the death certificate be COVID-19. So wait, 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 wait. Uh, sir, 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 I don't mean to interrupt you, but that and what you just said, I think is critically important. Can you repeat what you just said, please? Well, last Friday, I received a seven-page document that sort of told me that if I had an 86-year-old patient that had pneumonia but was never tested for COVID-19, but sometime after she came down with pneumonia, we learned that she had been exposed to her son who had no symptoms but later on was identified with COVID-19, that it would be appropriate to diagnose on the death certificate COVID-19. Now, we've not done that. If someone has the pneumonia and, and it's in the middle of a flu epidemic and I don't have a test on influenza, I don't diagnose influenza on the death certificate. I will say uh, this elderly patient Sir, died of pneumonia. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, my heart is sinking right now as you're telling me this. You're, you're a doctor. Why in the world would they be sending you out information to fill out death certificates, whether the person's been diagnosed with COVID-19 or not, but then to say in the death certificate this person's death was caused by COVID-19? That, that does not sound right to me. I went to the person in our office who does most of the death certificates over the last you know, 10, 20 years, and I said, does this sound right? I had her look at the documents that I printed off, and she said, well, we've always been told that you always put down just facts. You don't put down any probabilities. You don't put any presumptions down. It's just what you know. And so this is concerning, and, and it actually gets to your point, Chris. When we start talking about the data that goes into the modeling, we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we being forthright? Are we sharing with the public? Minnesota, North Dakota, we don't need to be having it sugar-coated. We want to know but what's going into your modeling. So with that being said, why would they want to skew the number of deaths due to COVID-19? Well, fear is a great way to control people. And I worry about that. I worry that, you know, sometimes people's ability to think for themselves is paralyzed if they're frightened enough. And that's not where I want people to be. I want people to say, we're going to get through this. I'm going to use my head. I'm going to go to different sources. I'm going to listen to different sources. And I'm going to think for myself because that's what America is about. So this seems like a pretty big story. Now, what this doctor is saying in this video was that he, he was provided these guidelines by the Minnesota Department of Health. And so I looked it up and I read the document for myself. And this was actually forwarded from the U.S. Department of Health. So this is not just a guideline for Minnesota, but for the entire country. And here's what the guidelines say specifically. In cases where a definite diagnosis of COVID-19 cannot be made, but it is 
suspected or likely, e.g. the circumstances are compelling within a reasonable degree of certainty, it is acceptable to report COVID-19 on a death certificate as probable or presumed. In these instances, certifiers should use their best clinical judgment in determining if a COVID-19 infection was likely. However, please note that testing for COVID-19 should be conducted whenever possible. Now look, I'm not a doctor, so I'm just taking this guy's Word for it that this is not the standard way in which cause of death is typically recorded. Now, this alone is very compelling. But when paired with the actual numbers we're getting of coronavirus death in America, this so-called pandemic is looking more and more like the seasonal flu. That said, I'm not trying to dismiss the severity of the pandemic. Coronavirus deaths are deaths that we're seeing on top of the seasonal flu deaths. And so the numbers combined are significant, but the pandemic really isn't nearly as bad as previously predicted. Take a look at this graph created by Elon Bachman on Twitter. Now, I double-checked all of the numbers here, and they are absolutely right. The New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, announced on March 25th, he said that the best estimate was that 40,000 ICUs were going to be needed by April 7th. Best case scenario, 40,000 ICUs would be needed by April 14th. It's now April 13th, and there are less than 5,000 patients in ICU. We were supposed to have 10 times this. Now, Cuomo is now saying that these low numbers are due to the quarantine, and I think to some degree he's right. Absolutely, the numbers certainly would have been bigger had we not undergone the quarantine. But first of all, I think these projections were made after the quarantine in New York was issued, so the models anticipate quarantine. Also, would it have been 40,000 ICUs without quarantine? I doubt it. Certainly, it would have been worse, but how much worse? And it's not just New York. We're doing good all throughout the country. Everybody's making a big deal about how many cases we have in the U.S. and how many deaths. But look at this graph. This shows the number of deaths as a percent of population. The United States is at the bottom. We're doing the best job out of any of these countries. We've certainly prolonged the life of a number of 80-year-olds, and that's nothing to scoff at. I'm thrilled at the number of old people that might get to live a few years longer, and, and I'm saying that in all seriousness. But there is a consequence to this. Every year, we could go into quarantine during flu season and stop the spread of flu, and we could prolong the lives of older people literally every year. But like I said, there are consequences. Many people will come out of this quarantine without a job. Some people will come out of this with their lives devastated. We've seen a number of places release prisoners in order to curtail the spread of the virus within the prison population, which is insane to me. One girl I read about committed suicide, and her mother says it was from the stress of being in quarantine, which, I mean, I assume she was struggling with depression or perhaps dealing with some kind of social issues or whatever, but if her mother is right, then that's a pretty severe consequence of this quarantine. Her name was Joviani Smith, and here's a picture of her, 15 years old. She seems like she was a great girl, and this is heartbreaking. You know, 15-year-old girls should not be killing themselves due to the stress of quarantine. We need to break out of this as soon as possible. And I'm not speaking for myself. I'm actually having a perfectly good time. I'm going to be making a video about this soon, but my life is essentially the same as before. And you may be the same. You may not be financially impacted, but a lot of people are. And it's these people, the people that are most severely impacted that I am concerned about. I know a lot of people are going to get pissed off at me for comparing coronavirus to the seasonal flu and downplaying the severity of the virus. And look, I'm not saying that you should disobey the quarantine recommendations. I think that the people who are going around coughing on produce at the grocery store and 
you know, hosting massive parties and stuff like that just despite the quarantine recommendations. These people are degenerates, all right? But I think that the government overreach is becoming excessive. You're seeing surfers get harassed, right? I mean, surfing is probably the most isolating activity that you can do. I don't know if you've ever been surfing, but you're like out in the ocean by yourself in salt water. You're totally isolated. Let the surfers surf people Seriously. Look, I support the police, but sometimes, let's be fair, some police officers are real dicks. My buddy posted this thing that was like, the people who are ratting out their neighbors for breaking quarantine are the same people who would rat out Anne Frank in Nazi Germany. And I just love that post. I was like, yep. And the really funny thing is, he's German. All right, so now according to this guy's video, according to the guidelines that I posted that you've seen, the U.S. medical community is being instructed to inflate our coronavirus numbers, despite the fact that we're seeing, thankfully, low numbers of intensive care admissions, or at least lower than we had predicted. But is any of this being reported widely in the mainstream media? No, of course not. Instead, the media is attacking Donald Trump for holding a financial interest in hydroxychloroquine. So for those... Okay... (laughs) So for those of you who have not heard about this, this this is pretty hilarious. Watch this clip. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you have any investments in hydroxychloroquine? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. Thank you. Good question. (laughs) For the record, Jim Acosta is not a journalist. He is a professional troll. Anyway, what the hell was Jim Acosta doing asking that question? I, I mean, and I love Trump's response, by the way. He literally laughs at the question. I think that's just hilarious. But anyway, so Jim was referring to a story that ran in the New York Times recently that tried to give the impression that Trump was only promoting the benefits of hydroxychloroquine because he had a financial stake in the company that produces it. The suggestion is that Trump is promoting a treatment that doesn't work because it will benefit him financially. He's potentially endangering hundreds of thousands of lives around the world because he wants to make money hawking a fake coronavirus cure. Here are some articles that took the New York Times claim and ran with it. Huffington Post, Daily Beast, Forbes, Salon, Metro Times, International Business Times, The Intercept, and countless smaller publishers and YouTubers. The leftist media constantly claims that conservatives are all conspiracy theorists. No, these ladies and gentlemen are the true conspiracy theorists. Trump financially benefiting from hydroxychloroquine stock is a laughable claim. From the reporting in the New York Times article, it looks like Trump's financial investors have got a tiny bit of his money invested in a mutual fund that includes a few shares of a company called Sanofi, a company that produces hydroxychloroquine. According to the research I read, the stake that Trump has in this company is between $99 and $1,500. Even for like a lower middle class American, this isn't a crazy amount of money. Here's the Sanofi stock price currently. Trump announced that hydroxychloroquine was a potentially viable treatment on March 19th. Since then, the stock has gone up about 17% according to PolitiFact. Okay, so let's say Trump has $100 invested. He's made 17 bucks. <laughs> let's say he's at the top estimate, right? 1,500 whole dollars invested. Wow, he's made a whopping 260 bucks. That's worth putting hundreds of thousands of lives at risk, 260 bucks. I mean, he needs all the money he can get. It's not like he's a billionaire or anything. The truth is, I'm sure Trump had no idea any of his money was invested in Sanofi whatsoever. He had to know, one, about the mutual fund that his financial people had invested in, which I'm sure he didn't know. Secondly, he'd have to know all the companies that were in that mutual fund And then he'd also have to know 
what each of those companies does, right? He'd have to know all the details of all the companies. I highly doubt Trump knew any of those things. I mean, this is a minuscule amount of Trump's fortune. This is completely insane conspiracy theorist nonsense. And this was printed in the New York Times. And it's being promoted as this big scandal. The left-wing media have really lost their minds this time. I mean, they are desperately scraping the bottom of the barrel for any ideas that might damage the president in any way at all. It is it is sad how journalistic integrity has just utterly disintegrated in the 21st century. I mean, it's up to random guys on YouTube to give you guys straight news. It's unbelievable. Here's another example of the mainstream media news networks letting you down. This is a news story that you won't hear about in any of the mainstream media outlets. This is from Oregon, my home state. On March 22nd, so almost three weeks ago in Oregon, 14 elderly residents of a veteran's home tested positive for coronavirus. One of them died. So the medical director, a man by the name of Dr. Rob Richardson, administered hydroxychloroquine and the antibiotic z to eight of the, the infected residents. And these eight residents totally recovered. One of them was this guy, William Lapshies, who, upon recovering, celebrated his 104th birthday. Yeah, he's 104, and he recovered from coronavirus, probably because of the hydroxychloroquine treatment. Amazing. So the reason this is such a big story is that these are all high-risk cases. They're all over 60 years old. They all have underlying medical conditions. According to the data we're seeing, half of them should have died, at least. But it looks like this guy is saving the lives of his patients, and nobody is out there covering this story. That, folks, is Trump derangement syndrome at work. The mainstream media hate Donald Trump. They hate him so much that they would rather a treatment that he's promoted not work and thousands of people die just so that Trump can be wrong. The media is insane. And here's a perfect example of media insanity. Chris Cuomo recently expressed what he believes to be the secret to fighting coronavirus. All right, so here's what I've learned. Here's the secret to kicking this virus. It's not a pill or a potion. It's about your will and devotion. Cuomo is promoting, quote, will and devotion. That's the secret, he says, to fighting coronavirus. Now, I'm all for the power of positivity. I do think a good attitude and a fighting spirit can go a long way toward helping somebody recover from illness. But he specifically contrasts this with the treatment that Trump is promoting. He says there is no pill or potion. Well, hydroxychloroquine is a pill and it does seem to work. So Chris Cuomo is specifically trying to contrast Trump's advocacy of hydroxychloroquine with his own prescription, will and devotion. Now, I'm not saying Cuomo is wrong about the stuff he's promoting. I say, listen to what he says, do what he's saying. It all sounded right to me. But what I take issue with is his little dig against Trump, his assertion that the secret to fighting coronavirus is not a pill or potion because it is a pill. Hydroxychloroquine does appear to work, and he could potentially lead people to their deaths because they're listening to him and not Trump. The big question really is, how bad is coronavirus? I think with plenty of hydroxychloroquine available, probably not that bad. A lot of people have noticed that in the countries in which malaria is a problem and hydroxychloroquine is readily available, there are almost no deaths of coronavirus. And Sweden is dismissing coronavirus as a pandemic. They're trying herd immunity. The presidents of Brazil and Belarus are dismissing coronavirus as insignificant. The president of Belarus recently went on television and said that there have been fewer viral deaths in his country this year than last year, and that's why he's not bothered. Minsk district 
Oh, okay. Whatever. Sorry, it is not the president of Belarus. It is the governor of Minsk. They're having like soccer games and stuff over there. <laughs> Hockey. And you know, in a way, this guy is right. Uh, that's really the question. How many total uh, deaths are due to respiratory infections? You know, things that cause pneumonia and, th- and things like this. Because of the way they're diagnosing these things, we could see a drop in flu and a rise in coronavirus, and maybe the numbers aren't that different than previous years, so you have to look into that. I think assessing these things is sometimes complicated and a little bit messy. And, I mean, who knows how many patients are dying with coronavirus as opposed to from coronavirus. But I have looked into the numbers, and if you add up all the deaths in America of flu and coronavirus, it will be significantly higher than previous years where we were just dealing with the flu, significantly more. The number of deaths from flu looks pretty typical this year, so it's not like we're just trading flu deaths for coronavirus deaths. I think there's a bit of that for sure, and it'll certainly get worse with these guidelines being enforced, where it's just like, if you kind of suspect maybe it's coronavirus, throw that in there. But at the end of the day, we are adding coronavirus deaths on top of flu deaths, and it looks like it's going to be pretty bad. It's not going to be crazy bad, and part of that is due to the quarantine for sure. So... Despite the damage that this is doing to some people's lives and livelihoods, maybe the quarantine was the right thing to do. It's it's hard to say. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Eventually, we'll know. But you know, we just have to make the best guess we can now. So here are the numbers. Currently, we are at twenty four thousand deaths from flu, and we're at we are at twenty two thousand seventy one deaths in the United States. From coronavirus. So my guess is that we're going to end up with something like 40,000 coronavirus deaths in America by the end of this, and maybe 30,000 flu deaths or something. But I mean, there could be more of each. Um, there could be less of each. Who knows? But from the data I've seen, it, it doesn't look like flu deaths are growing in any significant way anymore this year. And that may be because some of them are being diagnosed as coronavirus deaths, or maybe it's because of the quarantine and people aren't getting the flu as much. Again, I'm not an expert, but This is all CDC data that I've been looking at. Now, why am I saying that this is a significant increase in the numbers from previous years? Because in the past 10 years, the deaths from flu have fluctuated between 12,000 and 61,000. And 61,000 was a ridiculously high outlier. The average has been 37,500 deaths per year due to flu. So when we're looking at something like 70,000 deaths this year from flu and coronavirus combined, maybe higher, that's a pretty big jump. And if we hadn't quarantined, I I suspect that it would have jumped even higher. But maybe not, because there is a theory that we quarantined too late. And if that's true, then there was no point. We, We should all just have kept working, making money, and living life as normal. But it's hard to say. Hindsight will be 2020, as I said. And a lot of people will say that they knew all along this or that. But the truth is, nobody really knows anything for sure at this point. And we are all just doing our best. Trump is doing his best. The doctors are doing their best, and the media is doing their best to sabotage Trump's presidency. We're all doing our best. Now, I have a theory with regard to the seasonal flu, and this might be wrong. You know, maybe the doctors out there can comment and tell me if I'm crazy. But this makes sense to me. My theory goes like this. There are bad years, and there are good years. So let's say there are two good years. The number of at-risk old people increases quite a bit. And then there's a bad year. There's a flu that's kind of bad and it just wipes out all of the at-risk old people. Then again, there are two or three good years where the number of at-risk old people grows and builds up again. 
and then they're wiped out again. And that's why there's this crazy fluctuation in death numbers from year to year. And this is how I suspect elderly people who are sort of on the cusp of death, that's how they tend to go in waves. Uh, it's a bit of a morbid thought, but I, I think this is probably true. I've lived through four deaths of grandparents uh, who I loved very much. Only one of them died early of cancer and the others died at relatively old ages. And I think we all knew that they were going to, to die. So had they lived another year or they had died a year earlier, none of us would have been that surprised. We always want our grandparents and our parents to live another year or another 20 years, another 40 years, but that's just not what happens in this life. Obviously, it's most tragic when people die young or people die much earlier than we expect. And I think that that is really, that, that's the biggest tragedy. And that's the thing that I think the reason we want to quarantine, that's the reason that we feel like maybe we are willing to sacrifice to some extent because I don't want my parents to die. And I know a good friend of mine in Spain, his, his parents did get coronavirus and they were in the hospital and he was afraid that they were going to die. So, you know, we are all doing our best, like I said. All right, let's change the mood a little bit. Despite the sadness and the tragedy and despite the constant attacks by the mainstream media, there are some fun things that have emerged from this pandemic. Like when the president out-trolled the troll. President, Mr. President, there are some, at least one White House official, who used the term Kung Flu, referring to the fact that this virus started in China. Is that acceptable? Is it wrong? Are you worried that that having this virus be, uh, be talked about as, as a Chinese virus, that that might... I fall, wonder who said that. that. You know who said that? that? I'm not sure the person's name, but would you condemn use, the fact... Say that the term again. The, a person at the White House used the term just Kung term. Flu. My question is, do Kung you think flu. that that's wrong? Kung Flu. And do you think using the term Chinese virus, that puts Asian Americans at risk, that people no, might target them? No, not at all. I think they probably... Uh, would agree with it 100%. It comes from China. And when the president broke William Barr. So we're looking at those, but, you know, we're very quality-oriented because we want to make sure we don't give people false negatives or false positives. I have a question for you. So we have a lot of very angry media all around this room, and they want one of these seats. But because of social distancing, we are keeping them empty. And they are keeping them empty. Will there ever be a time when all of those really angry, angry people who don't like me much to start off with, but now they really don't like me, will there ever be a time when these seats are full, like full to the brim like it used to be, where people are almost sitting on each other's lap? And this whole row over here is packed, and now they're outside wanting to get in, and they're very jealous of all of these reporters. Will we ever have that again, or is that something that will be you know, it'll look like this forever. So we're learning a lot about social distancing and respiratory diseases. And I think those are the discussions we have. To <laughs> I love that Barr could not hold it together. I just love that. But the best thing, the best thing to come out of this pandemic has got to be this guy. Let me tell you one thing. I am not going to be nice to some of you. My Listen to me. Listen to me. I am not going to be nice to some of you. Mother Let me tell you, we have a pandemic. Coronavirus is a pandemic. Parents, can you f***ing get your kids out from the street? It's f***ing annoying. Some of you motherfuckers, you have your kids out there, and it's f***ing 9 p.m. I just cannot understand what the f*** is wrong with some of you. For God's sake, some of your kids are there, they are catching disease. Some of your kids are there, they are distributing your, the, uh, uh, the disease. 
You f***ing need to go get your kid. You know, grab their nuts. Grab their dick and twist that nuts. You understand? It's f***ing annoying. Can you f***ing stay at home, motherfucker? I just can't f***ing understand this. Some of you are f***ing distributing your motherfucking disease out there, bastards. I'm not going to be nice to none of you motherfuckers. Stay at home. Go get your f***ing kids. Grab them on the nuts. Slap them. Beat them up. It's annoying. It. You know what? Let me see you. I'll put a bullet in your ass. <laughs> so this guy is apparently uh, like a chief of police in Uganda. And for context, I checked the numbers. Uganda has had 53 confirmed cases of coronavirus and zero deaths. So this guy might be overreacting just a little. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. Together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. God bless you and thank you.